1: show in fact the journey the women go on is going to be different because one identifies as lesbian and one is bisexual so that is a permutation of like okay well if our interest is not always aligned because one of us maybe enjoys men even more than women sometimes like how do we reconcile that kind of question
0: Welcome back to Openly. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and today I have with me Frank Arthur-Smith, who is the writer, the producer, director, and lead actor in the show, Open To It, and also clearly set designer, <laughs> set host.
1: <laughs> um, I, I give notes. The fiance is the one who designs the set, although I, pr- I provided this, you know, by paying rent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. So all, all forms of creative genius happening here in a show, which I, I want to read the tagline because I love it. Open to it is a queer comedy series about a loving gay couple who experiments with becoming a hot gay couple. But threesome sex and open relationships come with more complications than limbs, don't <laughs> <I know. laughs>
1: this is one of my good friends. She, when we talked about this once, she was like, I could never be in an open relationship. I was like, Oh, why not? She's like eh, too many limbs, too many fluids. That <laughs> was like, I'm going to use that later.
0: Yes. It's a great line. Welcome. Welcome to the show.
1: It is so great to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. I'm so happy you reached out. Like, um, you know, the show is growing and it's cool. Cause I get to talk to so many different people, but you are the first, you know, entertainment creator, content creator, writer. I think so. Yeah. I mean, actually I mentioned the Poly couple earlier and I had them on the show way back when, maybe a year ago and they're amazing too, but what they do is different. This is a fully produced series. Um, and I want to dive right in, like as somebody who has a background a little bit in film and TV, something I haven't done in, you know, almost 10 years, but I have so much love for the art form. Um, You shared this with me a little bit, but I would love for my listeners to hear the inspiration. You had shared with me some writing, you know, from your past, and then you sort of went back and you were like, no, I'm actually going to do this thing that somebody told me wasn't. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I did uh, write the first episode as a short film originally, and submitted to like a couple competitions where one literally said to me this is too gay and too gross and I was like oh you felt comfortable that competition later uh got in trouble for being insensitive in its critiques go figure but um mm-hmm. at the time I was kind of just like all right maybe this this isn't the moment for it whatever um and then moved into the direct opposite of instead of writing uh raunchy gay comedies writing for children's television so while I was doing that I uh was having trouble fitting gay characters into the show we were getting pushback um and at that point i was like okay well you know what my show is too gay is too gross and this is exactly what i'm gonna do right now um so i went back to revisit the short and adapted it uh so that it was the first of three episodes which we filmed and then it's just grown since then we're like now we've filmed and edited nine episodes and we have plans to do three more at the end of the year so yeah i we've been having a lot of fun and uh, no signs of stopping
0: Amazing. It's so cool to hear just about your internal process with the decision to say, no, this is actually my story. And just because one person or you know, this group of people aren't ready to hear it in this space or this network or this medium does not mean it should no, be. No,
1: absolutely. Like a few interesting things have happened over the years with it. We're now like, first of all, when I first set my mind to doing it with the support of my fiance, whom I love, and definitely was one of my main cheerleaders being like, no, you should do this. Like, I started telling it to, like, giving descriptions of it to enough friends. that I was like, well, now I have to do it because they're going to be asking me about it. I'm going to look like an idiot if I don't do this. Um, but one friend in particular, like, he saw the filmed version when I like first did a friends and family screening and he had been someone who when I pitched it to him was like, I don't know, it doesn't sound that interesting. And he to his credit came up to me and was like, that was great. I'm really glad you did that. So like, you know, people are capable of I don't know, when it's on screen, sometimes people just see it more than if you're like, I guess not everyone's into erotica, put it that way. When I'm like a couple's having a threesome, they're like, whatever, but then they see it, they're like, Oh what?
0: Yeah. You really do have to like lead the horse to water when it, especially when it comes to I feel like creative projects because we see them so clearly in our minds, but a lot of times the way that we would communicate it or, you know, whether you're writing it or sharing your vision, you know, or even like putting together a whole storyboard, sometimes it's just not going to come to life for someone else, or it does in a way that's through their filter, through their lens. Yeah. And, you know, so the like plight of the artist that you've got to just like go create it and then people will get it
1: oh yeah henry i'll be like oh henry ford yeah. said if i asked people what they wanted they would have said faster horses so you do need to like tell people what they want sometimes not ask
0: wow i've never heard that quote i
1: was about to say gerald That's ford and I was like no that was the president if, if he'd asked people what they want they would have said a non-corrupt president but you know in different circumstances
0: <laughs> yeah new politics altogether. <laughs> Um, okay, so I would love to start with, you know, diving into who you are as a person and how much this has informed the series and the story. Obviously, we know not everything is probably based on real life, but based on real life, probably with some stretches, I would imagine. Um, Take us through that process and or take us through that inspiration. And then I would love to shift into... Um, because I think it's new and exciting for my listeners. What is the process of, like, filming a television show? Yeah, of
1: course, I would love to share that. So um, this came from the fact that I had watched a number of, like, the gay web series and even, like, mainstream shows where polyamory was often portrayed as this, like, you know, heavy apocalyptic thing of, like, oh, this couple's on the outs or, like, it's this big source of drama. And I was a little tired of seeing it the same take over and over again. And especially because, like, I am in uh, an open relationship and I am very satisfied and I'm very happy. I love my partner and we have (laughs) lots of funny things happen to us, frankly. So, um, and I know everyone says that they're like, my friends and I were so kooky, but like, you know, I also know how to filter out what's not funny. That's what the process of creativity is like. And I think maybe not everyone understands is some people might see the show and be like, Oh, you're just transcribing what's happening to you in real life. And I'm like, actually not like usually like for instance the character of princeton um he who plays the third in the first three episodes he's sort of like a composite of three different experiences i had with three different people and they're not like even identical to what happened exactly but that was the inspiration for sure so i think like that's what maybe people don't know about creativity sometimes is it's not about fabricating the most out there weird sci-fi universe sometimes it's using real circumstances as a jumping off point and then kind of like shaping the story and people to fit the narrative
0: yeah I mean and if you did you know a full like verbatim copy of your life it would we would you know we would get through a week and it would probably take I don't know two two seasons or something or the the opposite you know people are like oh yeah is it going to be based on exactly what happened and it's like you would be so bored oh i can was. confirm
1: that for you because matt and i were on a reality show tidying up with marie kondo where there were some days where they filmed us and i was like they don't have a show this is so boring they're literally filming us writing and not talking right now or like they're filming us playing a card game and we're not speaking like <laughs> they were gonna look like the worst couple yeah. ever um so yes you definitely need to uh, separate the week from the chat <laughs> yeah
0: okay amazing so you and your fiance have been in an open relationship
1: for how long? Um, I guess 7 years now I want to say. Yeah. Cuz um it started a little Amazing. we first had uh, our experience with someone uh outside the uh marital bed at um a little over one year in.
0: Okay. And was that something that popped up on its own, did someone bring it up and was like this would be really fun or was it an accidental threesome I related
1: to that story because that was sort of how it happened with us too like Matt had a friend in town uh who to this day he maintains he does not remember how he met this person and at first I thought that was just like a cutesy like tee hee hee I met him and like in you know (laughs) a back alley but no he actually doesn't remember Anita does the other person so but anyway he was in town and we were hanging out with him and like he was just putting out vibes and Matt and I were kinda of like, Do you wanna? Do you wanna? Um, and then it just kind of happened and it was really fun for all parties concerned. And afterwards Matt and I sort of recapped and were like, That could be fun to do again. Don't need it all the time, but like if it, you know, arises great. And that yeah, and then from there we that's largely been our rhythm of like maybe we'll find someone together that we like and we'll like, you know, do do what men do but uh largely we don't do things apart from one another personally plenty of people have that arrangement and it works but for us we are incredibly codependent um and don't like to take time away from each other when we can avoid it so uh, like if someone's out of town that's a different circumstance but like I'm not going to leave him and be like well I have a date so later he'll be like but Netflix and I'll be like right. okay Netflix <laughs> yeah
0: it's very similar to Pasha and I we over the years have hardly taken any time apart. And we travel a ton and separately. So that has always provided like fun experiences. Um and we've enjoyed so much together. Lauren is really the only person where I'd be like, yeah, I'm like going out with, you know, my my female partner who is like family That's to cool. us. So um yeah, and I mean there's so many ways to do non-monogamy. It's like not just a, you know, monogamy or non-monogamy. There's flavors and colors and I imagine that we're gonna yeah textures and I I haven't watched much of the show yet I watched the trailer and like the first 10 minutes of the first episode so I'm excited to dive in and I guess you know before we dive into like the mechanics of filming something like this um what things can people expect from you know, from the first season, from these like nine episodes that are really true to either your life or your poly experience or something that, you know, yeah, you have seen in your community of openness. Um,
1: Actually, yeah, I love how you said that. I think in my community, I've seen that polyamory works. And that's the main takeaway that like with this main couple of Cam and Greg, like that I'm never dangling a breakup over the series you know it's not the sort of Damocles of like oh it's not going to work for them like it does work for them they have you know missteps mistakes miscommunications funny weird things happen but this couple is in it for the long haul and that's a take that I hadn't seen represented but I see in myself and plenty of people around me that like you are committed to the relationship and this is but a fascinating, fun layer of it. So you see that with them and the lesbian neighbors next door become um, very central and they embark on their own journey of what being open would look like for them. And Princeton the III um, remains a main character uh, and uh, he finds his bliss. Will he find it with them? Uh, stay tuned. I like to think that perhaps we're the first... Uh, I'm sure I'll immediately get in the comments. No, you're not. But maybe like the first, uh, will they, won't they with a of Will Cam and Greg and Princeton go the distance or not? That's sort of, I think, the ultimate question of the show.
0: Amazing. Well, I can't wait to watch. Something that pops up for me, and I just like have to say it is, you know, when you have the lesbian couple right next door, and, you know, also you sharing your personal experience, right? As kind of like sliding into (laughs) non I have just always like... And I noticed it myself first. I brought it up to my friend who is, you know, a gay man. I'm like, is it just so much easier for the gays to do non-monogamy? It's yes. like every, there, it's just not a big deal.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> it's like not a big deal. I imagine that the lesbian couple is going to have a really hard time, like not a hard time, but there's going to be a lot more. And, and I don't, I don't mean to stereotype because I don't want it to seem like, Oh, men are like, you know, not as invested and not as like, um, you know whatever the stereotypical shit that yeah. people would think um but i do find that in gay male culture it's just much more normal to be open and it's like sex is sex and they can separate and compartmentalize love and emotion and i'm just getting you know getting this need met and communication seems easier whereas with different dynamics that include you know men women anything on the gender spectrum It seems to be like maybe because there is so much heteronormative culture of like sex means love if you have sex with someone else you can't love me as much as you love them i just i see it a lot and i hear it a lot from my listeners and so i'd love your you're
1: making me smile because i remember when i had my first boyfriend in college like he had talked about being friends with someone he would had a relationship with. And I was like, how can you be friends with someone you used to have sex with? I really didn't understand it at the time. And I'm like, oh, if you could see me now. Um, but yeah, like in the show, in fact, the journey the women go on is going to be different because one identifies as lesbian and one is bisexual. So that is a permutation of like, okay, well, if our interest is not always aligned because one of us maybe enjoys men even more than women sometimes, like, how do we reconcile that kind of question? Um, mm. And if what they're seeking is sex or some kind of emotional validation, depending, um, just the possibility to know, like, I could do that. Um, and yeah, I think, I, I don't know, I, I do experience what your friend has said of like, it really isn't a big deal. I know, plenty of people who like their friends are largely people they have sex with. Um, and that's one way to do it too. I yeah. think for me, it is important to have a balance of people you don't have sex with in your life. Um, just cause it takes so much time otherwise, but, um, for it sure. doesn't need to always, uh, as long as people are on the same page, that's always what I say. Like if you're consenting communicative adults, you can find a for you whether it's a more serious polyamorous relationship or as my fiance jokes sometimes just a fucking go so yeah yeah at <laughs> one that. time i was joking with him we were committed like, no, we happening. were committed already and i was like so can i call you my boyfriend he was like i feel like this is more of a fucking go and i was like thanks <laughs> oh my god you sounds I love amazing it. it's wonderful um
0: I love a good sense of humor, and you know i I love raising these topics because I know people think them and and you know it's it's interesting because painting with broad brush strokes here, but it really just comes down to emotional intelligence, Absolutely. as you said, and I want to like highlight that because it doesn't matter like who you are, how you identify it's all about communication and if you have the ability and the tools to communicate effectively and just really own your emotions and your needs then it can be really easy to practice it's
1: when people don't yeah it's when people don't speak their truth and harbor resentments or other partners are willfully deceptive but like as long as like we all have good intentions and are trying to figure it out together then you know put it this way I haven't said this in a while but um when I was first coming up with the idea for the series and people kept assuming like oh they're gonna break up like I got frustrated and was explaining this to a friend, and he said, well, yeah, like think of it this way. like On Friday Night Lights, when Mr. and Mrs. Coach get into an argument, you're not like, well, are they going to break up over this? It's like, how are they going to figure this out together? And I view the main couple on the show that way, too. It's like, when they have an argument or a disagreement, it's not like, well, they're going to break up over this. It's how do they resolve this together? And I think that's a danger of, when you have a continuing series, admittedly, you're like, where does the drama comedy come from? And I think when you over rely on friction between the couple, it can sort of sour you on the couple. So my goal is always to like show that Cam and Greg are very loving and like have the chaos largely come from the people outside the central relationship, but still show their personality differences in a like quirky amusing way.
0: Yes. So, so beautiful. Showcasing real yes, life. Yes. Where it does Functional
1: work. relationships yeah. are out there yes. in this world, believe it or not. And yeah, I've said this before. I think some people see a polyamorous couple be it on screen or um, in real life and root for them to fail because they feel as though a successful polyamorous relationship somehow invalidates their own relationship structure. Like even um, we've been very lucky. We have like at the moment, like I think over 400,000 views on the show on YouTube. And we just got our first negative comment where the person was saying basically like, this doesn't work. Like, I don't appreciate showing this in like a cute, lighthearted approach because this can't be a functional. And I'm like, I'm sorry you haven't experienced that, but you're wrong. So (laughs) yeah, yeah.
0: that's why I'm (laughs) making it. Literally
1: to correct you and educate. Um, But that's just some people's filter. And I don't know, I, I guess I would advise everyone generally speaking of, If your source of happiness is someone else's unhappiness, re-examine what makes you happy.
0: Mm. I love what you said. I love what you said. See, this is a personal direction. masquerading (laughs) in sex. It's so true though. And I I think like, not only are you expressing yourself and your creativity and your art and like bringing your, your own personal story to life and to the screen in this way, but you're doing like an amazing service to, I mean, I would go as far as to say humanity, because I think the more we can showcase just healthy relationships in general, but healthy relationships that fall outside of the traditional box, we are helping people heal because people who do get confronted by things that make them uncomfortable will hopefully then examine their own relationship and their insecurities and whatever comes with it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I,
1: course yeah we we grew up thinking there is one way to be and there isn't
0: totally i have i told you my inspiration for i think i might have when we chatted maybe not i have an inspiration for a series as
1: well i don't think you said but what it like was like no based on
0: okay i can't That's tell you
1: sure. too much because yeah, you might want to make it
0: <laughs> yeah, make people... <laughs> <laughs> because then because then people are going to be like, yeah, like you're going to your backdoor yourself
1: into well i'm making it now the listeners are going to have my head. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but very much based on, you know, kind of inspired by my life and my relationship with my husband. (laughs) But It it actually turns very dark. And just because like, I'm inspired by dark things, but it's not like something that happens within the couple that doesn't work. It's like an outside thing. And I, I have a really good friend, somebody that I used to actually like, have a relationship with. He used to work in television and I told him the story and he's like, this is dark. <laughs> no one no one's gonna want to make this it can yet, work. Sorry. It's very like gone girl meets unfaithful, oh, wow. but like it sounds captivating. It starts out <laughs> it starts out light and campy. <laughs> You really get invested into the couple. I'll tell you this
1: offline. Well, so, but yeah, Um, there's this show, Please Like Me, which you might want to watch the first episode of because that's a a gay series that really inspired, uh, Open to it. It was aired on uh, Pivot and then Hulu, but it's originally from Australia from this comedian, Josh Thomas. But yeah, in the first episode, the logline is like a gay man finally decides to come out on the same day that his mother attempts suicide. So suddenly his news is like very small and nobody cares. And he kind of has to be like, okay, I'm suppressing that for right now and be in there for my mom. And it's actually very, very funny. So like the series is wonderful because it explores both. It explores his mother's mental health journey as well as his, you know, experience coming into his own as a gay man side by side. And they're actually very complimentary and hilarious. And yeah, I I think very highly of that show. Dramedy is my favorite genre because life is a dark comedy. Yes.
0: yes. I'm I'm going to check it out. Um thanks for the recommendations. You know what we should do too in the show notes is obviously we're going to we're going to link the show and all the places that everyone can find you, but I think it would be cool and I've never done this because I need to <coughs> do more research is find all these other shows and inspiration, you know, linking the polycouple and and bringing together a community of creatives who are showcasing healthy you know, non-traditional
1: relationships. I, and we'll start. I would love to form an <laughs> alliance. I mean, one of my friends, he does a podcast I love called yeah. Sex Talk with my mom, and is part of a collective called the Pleasure Podcasts. And I think they all love each other yeah. and support each other. And there's, I've been wanting that honestly. That's what I feel is like. People ask, uh, you know, what's your connection to the poly community, and I'm like, I'm damn good at it. Um, but, but I feel like I want more allies uh, where we're on the same page. That would be nice.
0: Mm. Okay, also, I'm gonna, I just joined, a, it's kind of like a poly social club that's focused on just hangouts, and no, like, dating or interested. sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> we were like, there's either vanilla, or there's a sex party, like, Truly, there's nothing in between. Yeah. And then actually, we, we got invited to something. Um And like verbatim last night one of the hosts were like we're trying to queer it up and i was like okay great i'll bring all my friends because you know sometimes it's it can be a bit like i think yeah polly you just find a bunch of hetero couples sometimes so i was like no no i'll bring all my friends um and i can't say their name yet but uh, we'll be talking about them on the show i'm gonna actually have the founders come on the show and the time is right but i will get you in there too because we had the best dinner party last night it was so much fun do a brunch
1: we'll bring stuff i did a potluck brunch with some of my um gay friends last weekend and it was lovely i just realized i have free time and i want my friends over and we all brought something it was delicious we kiki you know had a great time
0: yeah and i and i feel like i have that like in the queer community but i don't have it in the open community it's not as blended for me it's like um which maybe it is. And I just don't realize it. Maybe I, maybe people haven't shared that there. Cause that's another thing. Um, a gentleman last night was like, you know, it was hard enough for me to come out about being gay and who's now like, you know, exploring the gender spectrum. He's like, I can't tell. Like that was enough. I'm not going to tell my family that I'm open. It was like a hard line for them. So I was like, yeah, I get that Um, because it is a whole other step.
1: What I recommend to uh, what are uh, their preferred pronouns at this point in time?
0: Yeah, actually, it's in question. I think it's he.
1: Okay, so what I'll recommend to him slash them is uh to make a series all about it and then you don't have to because everybody assumes it's real so that's been the easiest like it has not been a coming out experience for me because people see and they're like "Mm -hmm, okay gotcha so (laughs) and you know i'm just amused by people what they assume based on the series like everyone thinks they know my sex position now for instance and i'm like all right whatever think what you want i don't care
0: Yeah. You know, you're making me realize that's kind of what I did with this podcast. Like I came out to some really important people in my life and I did a little talk at Burning Man with like my Burning Man camp that have been a family for eight years. Um, And then I just started going live on Instagram and talking about open relationships. (laughs) So there was no like announcement. People were like, are you in an open (laughs) relationship? And I'm like, I'm giving advice on it on Instagram. So and to your point about
1: the poly community too it's beautiful what you do because i'm sure you found people feel very secure confiding in you at that point as has happened with me where people will like you know come up to me and be like hey like my wife and i were polyamorous almost like they're being like we voted for trump um but you know then suddenly you can be a source of like affirmation and support and um i i love that that's exactly what i wanted when i did this i was like i hope that I can be a part of destigmatizing polyamory for people, because as they say in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, sex isn't that big a deal. So...
0: Yeah. It's, it's not. just not.
1: <laughs> um, and in fact, it's so not a yeah. big deal that my fiancé is actually very creatively involved in the show. It started with him doing like the uh, art design, but it moved on from there, where he is a writer-director as well. So we've co-written and co-directed an episode together. He's directed an episode independently of me. So yes, he has directed me in sex scenes and it is as unsexy as you have heard. Um, it is a very mechanical dance, filming sex scenes for sure. And he is uh, fine on set. He has reported to me. He's like, it doesn't weird me out. But when I watch you on screen, it's like you having sex, but not you having sex. And I know it's not real cause I was there, but there's something where like he sort of lightly turns away when it happens.
0: Yeah. I've I've actually done a pretty uh, pretty fun sex scene before. Um it was in a short film that I did eons oh. ago. And I remember being on set thinking, "Wow, this is so mechanical." And um the actor and I connected beforehand, and that was like it got a little steamy <laughs> actually because we were just trying to like, you know, get into character a little she- bit and We were both attracted to each other. But then there was like a four hour period where we were like in all these awkward positions and lighting and sweating and like not hot at all. The moment before was great. Four hours of mechanics. But then on screen, it's so beautiful and so real that I like didn't want my (laughs) kids to see it. I was like,
1: I, you know, actually, so. I Both my this. parents and Matt's parents have seen the show, which is why I take to saying, uh, "Open to it, fun for the whole family," uh, <laughs> and they're very chill about it. Like, uh what can I say? You know, my dad's like he's the coolest of all. Believe it or not, he's like, "Oh, I know it's not you. It's just a character. It's whatever." So I was like, "Great, just here's more." <laughs>
0: yeah yeah okay so let's get actually let's get into the mechanics of filmmaking of making a television show because it's something we've never talked about on openly and I think people would be really interested so um you know like maybe a high level overview of okay I want to do this project um like how long did it take you to write the first few episodes and you you said you revisited you know the first one was kind of already written but then Did you go and fundraise for it? Did you just start shooting it? And are you also involved in the editing process? And then are you shopping it around? Like, because I imagine people have no idea. Sure.
1: So yes, it takes a village to um, make a a film. Even like, you know, our first few episodes are only 10 minutes. They expand to like 16 minutes after that. But um, it takes a lot of work. Just some general byline stuff is it takes roughly an hour to shoot a minute. Um, just because you need to set up the lights and everything, and you need to do multiple takes. You need to do like one actor's vantage point, the other actor's vantage point. Sometimes you'll have other shots, like as people know, watching TV, you might have a close up of a particular object, or you'll have a shot, uh, you know, very intuitively called a two shot, where you have both actors visible in it. Um, so it you know, typical on a film set is 12 hour shoot days because there's a lot of setup and you have to like move cameras, move lights. And then, you know, it takes time because you're moving around to different locations. Sometimes you're physically traveling to a new location. Um, And so, yeah, what's typical is to shoot like in a day between four and, you know, maybe 10 minutes of actual screen time. Because if it's very stunt heavy, for instance, you're gonna have to linger on one scene for a really long time. Uh, like on the last day of filming episodes four through six, like we had a stunt where like my character is pushed out of bed and we had like a mat set up and stuff. And that was actually very funny because I loved doing it. I had a really fun time, but the first time I fell out of bed, Tim who plays my boyfriend went, Oh my God. And I was like, I was directing it and I was like, Tim, they're gonna be terrified for me. You can't scream that loudly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mild concern is where I want that to be. And he was like, Okay, got it. Um yeah. and then the character who pushes me like sort of did this like snide smile, and I was like, and you can't be a sociopath about it. So <laughs> um but it was just great like seeing the actual terror in people's eyes and being like, I guess I did a convincing fall, look at that. Um and yeah. you know, related to the sex scene of it all, um that takes time for the same reason that you need to like get into a position that looks visually correct for one. And we are very blessed to have um, an intimacy coordinator, Micah Martinez, who has worked as a director in gay porn. He actually has a film coming out very soon, um, which we jokingly say called the uh, end game of kink.com and (laughs) Avengers end game because it's so long. (laughs) But anyway, um, he, so he looks for a few things. One, he's great at checking with everyone being like, Are you comfortable? Do you want to do this? Do you want to revise anything? Because you always make a plan for what you're going to do physically walking into it. So there aren't like surprises. But even still, sometimes actors like change what they're comfortable with. Or an actor might have an idea and be like, hey, can we do this? And you need to check in with everybody. Just be like, hey, this is the idea. What do you think? and
0: yeah, I'll just share really quickly if people are interested in the role of an intimacy coordinator and want to hear more. We did an episode with a friend of mine, Shelby Terrell, who lives in New York. Um, and the whole episode is well, most of the episode is actually focused on um her training to be an intimacy coordinator on set and so, which I didn't even know was a thing sure. and I'm so happy is. So thank you for having one yeah. on your show yeah. and, and sharing he's wonderful yeah.
1: and like so in addition to assuring everyone's comfort he's also great at being like nope you don't look like you're inside him can you move to the left yep yep there we go <laughs> um because on our show we show rear nudity so but but we do not show frontal yeah. nudity um and so we a need to use uh modesty garments when filming what's uh colloquial called cock socks um, to block people's junk but also then you can't have it on film because then it's obvious what's happening so you always need to have people blocking each other with like a leg or like you know a potted plant Um, I'm not even joking like there was an episode of Elite where a guy's rimming another guy and like you would have been able to see Schlong but uh, the potted plant is in just the right place so you can't see it Uh, (laughs) I was very amused by that oh so good
0: so perfect
1: (laughs) so yeah it ends up being this very choreographed thing but then when you uh put it on screen people it looks real like I was very flattered and I shared this with Micah that like someone was like that was the most realistic rimming I've ever seen on like not porn and I was like oh yes that's what we were going for amazing so um with time and effort anything can look like.
0: amazing
1: and as the yeah, and um, last thing I guess cool. you asked about the pre-production part of it too so I would say the writing took for me it, it varies with the length you're writing but Maybe a few months, and then pre production was another few months, and then editing was another few months. So, like, all in, like, you know, better part of the year, but um, things move faster, things move slower.
0: Yeah. And then you scream. Mm-hmm.
1: You do. And that is the best part. It's sort of like how, if you get like a paycheck at the end of the month, it feels like you're getting away with something because like it's removed from the labor. So, it's kind of the same thing here where like you spend all these months toiling and then months later you'll screen it for friends or at a film festival what have you and it's like I just got to have this party for free like I didn't have to even work for it um so it's nice to kind of like experience it on that level removed from the uh stress because obviously any kind of job is hard and coordinating like 70 people as we have now is like challenging but I'm I'm really proud of what we're doing we've gotten the chance to like showcase a lot of different types of people we just had like in episode eight we have a deaf love interest and had a deaf director and an ASL interpreting crew. So I'm just really pleased with like how we keep getting to um, showcase more and more people the more we do.
0: That's so beautiful. Thank you for like. sharing. Yeah, because there's so many perspectives I feel like that we've yet to see and to feel from you know our entertainment and our our media. So this is like wildly important to bring so many people in and be inclusive in your project. Um, I would love to, for you to share a little bit about your plans for screening so that people can maybe make some notes sure. or, you know, get excited about if you have any upcoming events um, and like what you, cause you've done screenings at a bar, Yes. So
2: right? the first three episodes you can find at opentuitseries.com. The first two episodes are available to stream for free. The third episode uh, costs a dollar and 69 cents. But a portion of the proceeds go to the Trans-Latina Coalition. And I can't announce the details yet, but we have made a deal to distribute the show. So these episodes are only available for free until the end of August. Um, Starting in September, they will be offline temporarily, sort of like a Disney Vault situation um, (laughs) until they're released officially. So yes, definitely watch now while you can. And we're also fundraising to film episodes 10 through 12, the second half of season two. We have nine episodes fully edited right now. um, And we're filming these three to finish the season. We would love if we could get support from people. um, If you like things like a Deaf Hearing Love Triangle, a Drag Queen Story Hour, or Puppets Performing Analingus, these are the episodes for you. We do have a waiver from SAG-AFTRA to film, so we are not breaking any union rules or anything like that. We strongly stand in support of both strikes. Um, I especially do as a writer and actor. So yes, if you are able to um help us out by watching the show or supporting us in any way, that would be very, very welcome. Um, Thank you for considering. I hope you all are open to it.
0: I, I have a couple more questions because, you know, this series has been formed really and inspired by your life, but has putting it on camera and getting creative inspired your relationship in any way or changed it. Wow.
1: I don't think I've been asked that before. That's a great question. Um, I feel so much closer to Matt for one, collaborating with him on this because we've always been supportive of each other's creativity, like reading each other's scripts, giving notes and to be able to collaborate with him in this way has been very special. We'd avoided actually writing together or directing together for a really long time, just because we have a great relationship and then we were like oh why introduce a variable um and sex with other people sure fine but working together uh too far um but I was very pleasantly surprised that like yeah it worked out very well um and we're definitely going to do it more uh people have been more flirtatious with us I would say now that the series is out there in the world I think there were some people who maybe like only hoped and dreamed what our relationship status might be. And now they're like, hmm, confirmed, I believe. So that's been uh, fascinating to behold. And otherwise, uh, I don't know that there's been much of a change other than, I mean, we did get engaged. So obviously I think we proved to one another, like, okay, (laughs) if we can work together, we can do anything. Um, So
0: yeah. When did you get engaged? uh,
1: On Christmas, actually. We did a two-part engagement.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. He proposed
1: to me in front of his family in Orange County. And then when we were in Boston um, visiting my family, uh, I proposed to him. So it was a nice two-part thing, equal rights. Uh, we had a great time.
0: I love it. Wait, did now, did your family know? Because, you know, you kept the
1: secret. Um, well, I kept the secret from... I told my sister because I wanted her help coordinating it because we did it, like, during the present giving okay. away. What I did was... Um, I had my dad open a present that said, our first Christmas engaged, and then it it was one of the best expressions I've ever seen. He just, like, smiled and started crying, and I proposed to Matt, and afterwards I asked my mom I was like were you surprised and she was like no I was like why she was like you were talking about in front of me and I was like wait a second and like my mom you know she's in her 70s her hearing's not perfect so I guess I thought I was far enough away that she wasn't gonna hear it and apparently I was not but to her credit she didn't tell anybody else she just kind of kept it to herself so I suppose my dad was the only one who was surprised in the end but my mom play acted really well
0: oh that's so beautiful oh I love that I um do you think you'll have a long engagement? Uh,
1: actually, yes. I think we've been deciding that we want to just take some time to enjoy our status as fiancés, and we're planning on a wedding in twenty twenty five, which would uh, mark our ten year anniversary. So, some sort of nice spring wedding that we've talked about.
0: Oh, perfect! I just love hearing about these these things when, like, people who live sort of outside of the box and, you know being poly or whatever, being non-monogamous, coloring outside the lines all the time. When you do something that's traditional, I'm so curious how you do it because I think marriage, you know, it's like, it's so paradoxical. I don't need to be married to Pasha, but I wanted to, even though I'm like, all relationship one more, <laughs> more shit. <laughs> you know,
1: but, and they are. Listeners. But, <laughs> but there's <they're> still... Are. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but there are still elements, you know, of committing to a person and, like, sharing your life. Like, choosing to share your life with someone is so special. And so I also, let's why I, said, I had a feeling that you were going to have, like, a nice, lengthy engagement. And I think it's so cool because people rush yeah. through the process.
1: And I mean, we've already, <laughs> yeah. like, we've, you know, produced two and a half hours of television together. And that was, like, challenging, but rewarding. And I think we hear from so many friends how, planning a wedding is also a labor of love. And so, you know, we're conscious of, okay, making sure we have the time, the dedication, the money to like put together the kind of thing we want to, because my family would be coming from the East coast. His is on the West coast. So I don't feel the need to rush headlong into things at this point. I've um, done very well and been very happy taking my time for uh, the tasks. that
0: That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for sharing your story with the world and for everything that you're up to. Um, I guess I'll leave it to you if you want to share any last little you know, bit of inspiration for people or something that people don't know about this series that you haven't shared yet. Um, we
1: have Give the listeners fabulous drag queens on it um, from RuPaul's Drag Race. We have Laganja, Stranja, Manila Luzon, Pandora Box, Honey Davenport, and more to come. So if you love drag race um, and definitely want to support drag during this time of anti-LGBTQ and anti-drag, propaganda and uh, bills arising in the world, please support the show for that reason, if nothing else. Um, And I guess I would just say, yeah, like I believe it or not, when you see the show and uh, my butt, you won't believe that like I was a modest mouse once upon a time. But yes, there was a time where I couldn't even take off the towel in the gym because I didn't want people to, see any of that um and not that now i'm like yeah you like what you see it's something like that but i'm much more comfortable with <laughs> <swinging it>
2: around.
1: <laughs> you know putting uh you know rings on it no i'm just much more comfortable with with nudity with myself um and i would say anyone who like you know wants to be more comfortable again make a show go on a po- no in all seriousness it was um my friend sex podcast that I loved how open they were in their communication. It got me inspired to share my story and share, you know, um, things and events and, you know, funny moments I cared about. And yeah, just want to in all sincerity say thank you because um, this sort of open, honest communication is great for relationships, great for friendships and uh, you never know who's listening and is going to be inspired. So I appreciate you a lot.
0: Mm, Thank you for leaving us on that note. It is so true. Just put one foot in front of the other and, Remember that there are other people out there, you know, doing what you wish you could do and, you know, look outside for inspiration and in people who've already done it. Hopefully it makes it easier to like see yourself and where you could be in your journey to expressing yourself and, you know, releasing whatever it is, the shame, the guilt, the the insecurity that I think we're
1: all sort of brought up with. So
0: that was awesome. My aunt, when I was having
1: a bad day, once said, um, you're only an act one. So something to think about as well. Oh, that's great
0: you're leaving us with these <laughs> one-liners the
1: quotes from this episode are
0: gonna be fire <laughs>
1: um i love my family and i love a good bulmo so yeah that's me
0: <laughs> yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show frank and we are excited and just really you know looking forward to everything that comes out it of this for not. you go check out open to it you yes, guys open to
1: series.com and tell me what you thought at frank.arthur.smith I'll respond.
0: (laughs) He will be the one to respond. I'm also the one to respond in all of the DMs on Instagram. Love when y'all share your stories with me. If you leave a review, screenshot it, and send it in, I will read it on the show. I will send you something sexy. No, it is not me naked, but it is my sexy. (laughs) It is my sexy playlist. And as always, don't forget to make sure you are subscribed on all platforms. I will see you next week.